Welcome, fellow film enthusiasts, to a brand new episode of Director's Viewfinder. I'm your host, Derek Johnson, and I'm excited to take you on an extraordinary journey through the captivating world of filmmaking. As a seasoned filmmaker, producer, and director of photography, I worked on a wide range of projects, from indie gems to TV hits and a ton of commercials. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into the art and craft of filmmaking, pulling back the curtain on the magic that happens behind the camera. This week, I had the honor to sit down with director Rob Finch from Portland. Um, He and his team just released a new film called Gardening in a War Zone, which is about a woman who looks to her garden to help support her family in uh, Kharkiv, Ukraine, which is uh, one of the hardest hit areas of the war. So she's uh, making seeds and selling them all over the world uh, from her garden. Really uh, just an incredible story. I I had a chance to watch the film and uh, had a really great chat with Rob. Um, So I would suggest that um, you go to my website, Kai Films, uh, and uh, there will be links there uh, where you can also watch the film. It's just been released on YouTube. And uh, the intention is just to get the story out. So... I know that many of you are going to be um, enjoying uh, relaxing and binging on Netflix shows. Uh, Now is is actually a really good time to take a little break from your binging and uh, why not fill in an hour uh, of independent film? It doesn't cost anything and uh, you can check it out. Uh, I'm also going to put links to um, my film that we released uh, about my friend Yulia's coffee shop, Sibs. Uh, So we'll have a little dual uh, uh, release here uh, for people to check out a couple of really amazing stories from Ukraine. Today, I'm super excited to um, have Rob Finch with me, and he directed uh, a new movie about the ukraine what's the name of it rob gardening in a war zone gardening in a war zone which i've just learned about the movie in fact less than 24 hours ago and it's a really wonderful story um some of you probably know that i already have a connection to ukraine um through my friend yulia and we actually had made a short film last year about her so um uh, Yulia and I were talking this week and she said, oh, you've got to see this project. Um, and so here we are, Rob. So Rob, um, tell me a little bit about yourself and um, what it is that you do and how you're connected to the project. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, let's see. Uh, well, right now I'm the, uh, so I'm the executive producer uh, for Florette and Florette is a, flower farm and the seed business in Mount Vernon, Washington. Uh, and it is a, uh, I'm fairly new at Florette. 
but um, I've worked with Erin, who owns the company, uh, with her husband Chris for the last four years because I've made um, I made two television, well, a television series that had two seasons called Growing Florette, and uh, that was on um, the Magnolia Network, and so that's how I met Erin and Chris, and how I got uh, introduced to Florette, and um, over the years we made these two, these two seasons of the show. And we just felt like we had a lot more stories to tell. And so, um, that's what I'm doing now. My background comes from, uh, still photography at first. I was a still photographer for many years. Um, I worked at a newspaper back in Chicago, which the Chicago area, which is where I was born. And when I was, you know, in my early twenties, I moved out to Portland, Oregon, uh, for a job at the Oregonian where I was a newspaper photographer there for a while. And then I kind of got into editing and eventually into what we called multimedia at the time, uh, photos with audio. And then from there I became interested in video and one thing led to another and, uh, I, suddenly I was making videos and, um, eventually I left the, the Oregonian. I freelanced for a little while as a director of photography. And then I became the creative director for a production company in Oregon in, in Portland called Blue Chalk Media. Um, it's in, it's in Oregon and New York. And I was a creative director there for, uh, just, um, just a little over 10 years. Okay, cool. And that's where we made for blue chalk media is where we made the show growing for it. So. Oh, cool. Cool. Um, yeah. you know, that's something we have in common is actually, I started my creative career as a still photographer also. Hmm. Um, I've got probably a little over two decades, um, as that being my primary focus, um, mm -hmm. over that time, I also had the opportunity and in interest in, in motion work and, and films. And so all that, during all that time, uh, every year I find myself on a film set or a TV commercial or something, doing something. Mm -hmm. um, and then as time went on, I started to get hired um, as a unit set photographer. Uh, I've done some stuff with a lot of, a lot of reality shows with ABC TV uh, as that, in that role. And then we also did, uh, they shoot, um, a, a, a chunk of uh, Grey's Anatomy the, the mm -hmm. production comes up to Seattle because the show is based in Seattle so mm -hmm. um, that and also Station 19 so I've had a chance to work on those two productions um, oh, cool. well. uh, and then I had a chance to take a year off and sort of re retool officially and uh, dove in and you know so now I, I basically have kind of a similar job that you do now um, I'm producing, DPing, um, you know, and also in my world, I also do gaffing. I have a G&E truck too, so. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. So that's how we, you know, up here in, in the Pacific Northwest, uh, we have to wear a few hats to keep the schedule full, so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So cool. So I'm, I'm excited to hear about your journey. That was, and you know, our parallels, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's great. So you had a history 
um, with the Florat Farm and already established. Um, do you know like how they got connected um, to the story in Ukraine? Uh, yeah, so um, Aaron, what, so the farm, you know, they, they grow hundreds, thousands of, you know, different kinds of flowers and whatnot. And she grows clematis and she was looking, she wanted to expand her collection of that particular flower. And she uh, was doing research online and came across Allah, who is, uh, who had just written a book, actually, uh, it's an ebook um, about clematis and had, and, and one thing led to another. She has all sorts of varieties uh, that Aaron did not have. And so Aaron just went down the rabbit hole um, looking at the different, the different flowers that Allah has. And then she was really sucked in by, uh, again, bringing up photography. She was sucked in by Allah's photography, which is really, really good. And, uh, one thing led to another and suddenly they were talking, connecting, and Aaron was learning more about her story and, uh, you know, it kind of just went from there. I mean, at, at first Aaron was, Aaron has a blog, Flora has a blog that they often interview various people connected with flowers in different ways. And, um, it's, uh, with the, she was going to go down that road and interview Allah, but then, as she and I started talking about it more, um, you know, we just started brainstorming and, and Aaron really wanted to make a film. And so we did. Mm -hmm. So, um, so talk to me about like uh, the interview process, because did, did you actually go to Ukraine or was that all done remotely? Yeah, no, we did not go to Ukraine. Um, the interview process was entirely done through zoom. Um, we knew pretty, I mean, we knew pretty early on. I mean, not, we knew immediately that we weren't going to go to Ukraine, uh, for a variety of reasons, but, um, I think it was just that I right off the bat felt like, that's fine. Like this is a story that uh, should be told and needs to be told. And we're not going to let the concept of high production and things like that get in the way of the story. And um, so we just immediately felt like we'll just do it on zoom. And that's the reality that Allah is living in right now. And that's the, the reality of the situation and our situation. And so it'll be good. So we, we went to zoom, you know, we got the upgraded, uh, recording ability to record in 1920. And, uh, that helped a bit and just accepted that that was the texture of the reality of all the situation right now. And so we would, um, you know, just every, we talked to Allah a lot and then eventually started recording our conversations. Sometimes they were very, uh, I don't want to say formal interviews, but it was kind of like, let's get on a call and do an interview. And sometimes it was, let's just get on a call and chat for a little bit. And so some interviews were two and a half hours long. Some were 30 minutes. Um, 
some were felt more formal, some were very casual. And um, yeah, that's how we did it. And I, I'm, I'm tremendously pleased about uh, how it worked. Honestly, I think it allowed the technology allowed us to make a film that we might not have been able to really make if we had been determined to do everything in the traditional fashion. And I hate to think that that is a barrier to a story being in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really um, true. I had a chance to watch the movie last night and I feel like, you know, with documentary work, you, one of the things you try to do is you try to catch the essence of the person and also their story. And I felt almost immediately like I knew who she was. Mm -hmm. so the, the interviews were just wonderful. And I just, it was very captivating. And, you know, you, you almost felt at peace being with her while you're watching this movie. That's, uh, I'm glad, thrilled that you felt like that. Um, I mean, we, we, intentionally wanted to create a peacefulness to it with a, I mean, it's so much slower than many things that we make. Uh, we just lingered on shots. We allowed those shots to kind of be on the screen to the point that you were thinking like, what's, what's wrong. <laughs> um, like, because we're conditioned for faster paced things to happen. And I feel like that's part of gardening. That's part of being in nature. That's part of an appreciation and love of growing plants. And um, yeah, so that that peacefulness was intentional. And I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I'm just glad that you felt that way. I, I think that what we really wanted people to do is know Allah and see her just like to see her, honestly, like what she's doing is tremendous. Yeah. You know, um, one of the things that, um, I noticed, and I actually, with my short, uh, with Yulia, I opened the movie with the air raid siren. Mm -hmm. And so I noticed that you had a really uh, wonderful use of that uh, sound. Um, maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. So from the first, I think it was the first conversation that we ever had, a, a Zoom conversation with Allah you know, right in the middle of it, air raid sirens started going off. And, you know, I remember because I was like, can you, you know, she said it, but we couldn't hear it. I don't know if that's like zoom or whatever, suppressing, you know, reducing noise in the background or exactly how that works. But, you know, we couldn't actually hear it, but she got up and she like went to the window and whatnot. And the air raid sirens became kind of a constant through our conversations back and forth, not necessarily just through Zoom, but just talking about them, because uh, it, it is just this like audible reminder that it that it's like the war is ever present, the danger is ever present. It's it's um it's like become um a soundtrack to people's lives in some ways and the regularity of it, at least for Allah and, and how she describes it. So we knew we wanted to integrate that into the, into the footage. Um, uh, and a lot of the footage, you know, you'll see her look up or, um, at one point she's making tea in the, in the winter and she, like by a fire. And those, those air raid sirens are like really happening at that time. That's not just like a created thing in the edit. Um, so 
so yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely something that we felt like should be woven into the storytelling process. Wow. That's amazing. I didn't realize that they were happening at the same time. So it's, it really puts you in her shoes, you know, when you're, um, it, it's such a surreal thing to, to witness from, you know, from our, our perspective, Yeah. Um, you know, cause gardening really is such a peaceful uh, thing, you know, and anytime yeah. I've ever done gardening or anyone that I know, um, they come back feeling more like, you know, it takes away all your stresses. Yeah. Uh, but in yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, it's uh, interesting. There's a clip, we didn't use it in the film, but there's an interesting clip where she's filming and there's a dog and this dog is barking almost continuously throughout the whole film. Every time she's in the garden, the dog is barking. You can hear it a lot in the film. If you, if you really listen. Um, and I remember she said like, you know, sometimes the dog, you, you think that the dog is barking and it's too much, but the dog barking is so calming to me because it's not an air raid siren, you know? And it's, it's, um, it's just something that she just deals with constantly and has become kind of normal. I think for her, it doesn't like, she doesn't, you know, it's just like, well, there's another air raid sirens, but she describes them as vicious and screaming and like, it just, I don't know. It's just, yeah, you're, you're right. It's a, it's a reality that I can't truly ever understand. And, um, but they are definitely a thing in the film. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there's times where we integrate them in intentionally in the background of, you know, when there's the garden camera footage and there's the bombs exploding and stuff like that. Clearly we're creating a, a tapestry of create a feeling of the fear that Allah has described to us. And so we're building everything together in post. And then there's times that they're, they're definitely just part of the, part of the footage. Let me ask you, um, what was the production schedule like? How long did it take to make this project? Um, that's a good question. Uh, let's see. It was fast. Um, we probably didn't really start until September to get the first few conversations going with Allah. And then obviously we published the film on YouTube on December 12th. So it was pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we didn't set out. I mean, it wasn't like we didn't set out. This was different than almost anything that I've ever worked on because it's like, we didn't set out to say like, here's our, here's our production calendar. Here's, you know, the whole like production plan and this and that. And the other thing, it was more like, let's just start talking to this person who has an extraordinary story to tell and see where it goes. We'll just record some interviews. And then it was like, well, Allah, can you send us some photos? And then Allah, can you send us some videos? And then Allah, can you take some videos of yourself? And, you know, that was a huge part of the, it is the biggest part of the film is Allah's own footage capturing herself talking to the camera, which I, I love. And she's so good at it. Um, and it took a while to kind of land on the style a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was, that was a thing. And then getting them from Allah is just a technological thing that had to happen. And then, um, so all of that kind of came into, came in the first 
two months. And then in late October, early November, we hired a director of photography, a local director of photography to film for two days with Allah. And that's where the bulk of the obviously different, you know, more cinematic styled footage comes from. And uh, he just did a tremendous job. He was a wonderful person, was a very good eye. And really like we very much aligned on the uh, style of the film, the slow and intentional style of photography. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and it, and it is, um, it, it is kind of a slower moving film, but it works so wonderfully because the cinematography is actually really lovely. I mean, you are, it puts you in that beautiful garden and inside of Allah's world. So, you know, um, sometimes uh, films, especially when you have the complete creative license, you can make your film as slow or fast as you want. But I felt like it was a very good pace. Um, I never really got bored looking at it. It was very, I was always engaged, always wanted to sort of take in this, these these images um, and to hear her talking over some of these really, really powerful. So, yeah, thank you. Um, can you tell me from your perspective, um, what do you think Allah's story is? Um, I think it's a story about uh, hope and beauty and the power that that has, even in the face of tremendous horror. I mean, I think that her resilience, despite a situation that I certainly can never claim to understand truly, um, is so powerful and shows people that cannot ever, thank goodness, have to walk in that situation, shows them that, that, you know, Hope survives. Beauty matters. Um, that the continued effort of just continuing on is powerful, is an act of resistance in its own way. It's just, yeah. I mean, I feel like I have so much to learn from Allah. Yeah. 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 She's a, she's a tremendous person. Um, amazing how she continues on and, and not only just, not only just continues on, but cares for, for people who need her. And the fact that this like garden sustains her is really amazing. Yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, so the movie is, uh, runtime is, I think, was it 33 minutes? Yeah, just a little, it's 33, 20 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you just released the movie, uh, uh, let's see, a couple days ago on YouTube, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, do you guys have, um, have you thought about how the um, uh, distribution model works? Um, you know, a movie of this length, um, 
there's a handful of festivals that will accept it into the short category. Mm -hmm. Um, but usually like for film festival submission, you can't publish it on YouTube first. So, Mm -hmm. um, that makes me think that knowing the story, there was some intention behind that. Maybe you can talk about that. Well, yeah, absolutely. There's intention behind that. Um, we wanted the story in the world, like period. That's the most important thing. Um, I mean, it was clear as we started going into this, we didn't, we didn't make it to try to find a buyer or, um, anything like that. We made it purely to share the story because we felt like the story was important and we wanted to share the story when we did. I mean, we rushed to the finish. Like we talked about the production schedule, like, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what you're used to, but for, you know, I was fairly compressed and, um, the goal was to get it into the world because um, we wanted people to see Allah's story and if they felt moved by it to help her. And so there's absolute advocacy behind that. Uh, and, you know, Aaron has a very significant following on, on social media and um, a lot of people look to her for, you know, trends and flowers and, uh, to learn how to do certain things in the garden with flowers. And, and, uh, you know, I think the, the brand of Florette is very much about inspiration and uh, sharing beauty. And we felt like that fit in that regard. And we just wanted people to see the film. I mean, the severity of the coming winter in Allah's world is, uh, significant. And, um, you know, this, we felt like this film would help her. So anyway, back to the distribution, I mean, we're going to enter it in film festivals and, and stuff and see where it goes. Maybe it'll get selected, you know, in a few of them or something like that. And I hope it does, because I think that there's an audience beyond the world that, um, of people who follow Florette, but, um, the most important thing was just getting people to see it soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would hate to think that we waited for various film festivals to have their, you know, to have premiere and uh, then then we could actually share it uh, in some fashion at a much more limited audience. I just wanted to get it out. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, the festivals timeline can be sometimes. Yeah. Here. Uh, how wait. So. Yeah. And I would feel hor- horrible if we did that. to Allah. You know what I mean? Like it's happening now. I mean, it's, it's happening now Mm -hmm. for her. And, uh, so I just wanted, I felt like the timeliness was, was far more important than anything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, um, yeah, this is, this is a longer discussion, but yeah, it's, I, I find that film festival model a little, very frustrating in the fact that it's like, um, it feels limiting to limited. It feels like it's getting in the way of people seeing films that are important. I'm not just talking about our film, talking about a lot of films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The film festivals. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, also, um, 
it's there's some definite challenges going into film festivals and you know how you can get your projects out there uh i certainly know a lot of it because i'm doing that now myself so um but that's it, it kind of I, I asked you that question about the distribution because i was thinking about it um when when we made yulia's film the intention was to make it for yulia not for the film festivals the film festival thing came after yeah um so i think it's it's really great that you did that and it's it's really just it's you know as a filmmaker it takes so much time and effort and so many resources by you know so many people your crew um and then to just give it back to the world that's really it's really a special opportunity to be able to watch a project like that because you know where it's coming from so um so you know i can i congratulate you on that uh, on that that piece of it yeah thank you yeah no i th I, th I couldn't agree with you more i i uh want to remove barriers between people seeing films and people making films you know and um in in this case it's motivated by a variety of reasons but um i think it's people seeing films like this one like yulia like uh, all sorts of other films that are really important to see I, I, you know i think finding ways for people to actually consume them and allow them to have to affect them is just so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think also too, like for me personally, I'm, I'm so connected to the uh, Ukrainian story right now with the war. And uh, one of the things I discussed with, with Yulia during our creation of her movie was that I said, right now the world has your attention and I can't tell you how long that's going to last, but it's going to go away very quickly when it does. And um, so obviously there's some other big conflicts going on presently. And so the, the Ukraine war is, has been continuous now for we're into our second year. Um, so I think, you know, having projects like these, keep releasing them into the world is it's really important um you know and it, it it says a lot about um you know keeping people um it, keeping keeping it in their minds and letting them know that here's a democracy that's uh, it, it's got a heavy weight on it and and they don't know how long that they can manage this so um you know, and, and the way the war is paid for, um, it, it does, you know, everyone in America can affect the outcome by, um, how they vote, what, you know, what they're thinking about, um, if they're buying products that might come out of Ukraine, uh, consuming things from the Ukrainian culture, like your movie, um, all this stuff is really important. So I'm, I, I'm grateful to see these more stories coming out of Ukraine. Um, yeah, absolutely. So did you have um, any final thoughts um, that you might want to talk about where, uh, where, where people can see the movie, what's the easiest way to it and, you know, maybe how they can share it or uh, yeah. uh, social links or anything like that? 
Yeah. It, well, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the movie's on YouTube. It's at Florette, Florette's YouTube channel, which is, uh, um, <laughs> I forget how you do YouTube channels <laughs> um, at Florette Flower Farm uh, YouTube. I think it comes up pretty easy if you go yeah. to YouTube and search yeah. Florette. So if you search Florette on YouTube, you, you'll 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 find it, and uh, it'll be right there. But you can find it, you know, I think uh, through Aaron Aaron's Instagram at uh, Florette's website, so on and so forth. I mean, we're really trying to push it out there so people find it and see it. And, um, you know, I guess I, it's, it's interesting. It's like, um, I'm sure you'd have done this too. You know, we make, we make a lot of films. I have made a lot of films that are like short, short films, you know, they're videos, they're three minutes, they're two minutes, they're 30 second spots. They're, you know, you make a five minute film and people are like, Oh, it's so long. Um, this is 33 over 33 minutes. And I know that we're, um, asking a lot by distributing this digitally, this isn't being shown at this moment. It's not being shown in a theater and, you know, uh, with all the things that come with that. But I guess I just really hope that people, um, really hope that people, uh, make space for it in their, in their, their, their week in their life and sit there and, you know, commit, commit a half an hour to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, one of the things I, I like try to tell people is like, you know, their day's almost over and they're watching their favorite show on Netflix or Apple TV or something. Um, but then they actually get to the end of the season or maybe the that week's episode ends and then they're like, they want to watch something else before they crash out. This is a great movie to do that with. You know, it's it's a perfect length um to to fill in in between episodes of your favorite movie or tv shows mm -hmm. um, yeah i mean a lot of movies are 90 minutes so most of the time you're going to fill up a two-hour time to, to sit down and watch something so yeah i would say start with this movie um, yeah that's a great opportunity so yeah that's a good way to think about it thanks yeah do you have um, any plans to do public screenings anywhere? We don't currently, but we would love to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it would be great. I just, I, I would like to get the movie out in as many ways as we can. And, um, you know, the, it, this is the first film that we've ever made at Florette. And so we're, we're figuring this out now. Um, in terms of how we want to see it go into the world. I think public screenings would be fantastic. I think, you know, film festivals is definitely like, we're going to give it a shot, see what happens. We're going to just keep pushing it out there and hope that people share it and see the value in spending a half an hour with Allah. Um, Cause I think there truly is value in that. I know I've been changed by meeting her. I've been changed by the process of making the film. Um, I have a different perspective on, my life in the world after meeting her and making this. And, you know, I think there's value in, in people taking that time. So I'm just, yeah, I'm looking for all opportunities. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. So thank you, Rob, for coming on um, today and talking, 
to me about the movie. Um, really very much appreciate you sharing this with, with us and sharing this beautiful film with the world. Thank you. Appreciate you uh, inviting me and, and taking the time. You did it. You made it to the end of the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. And don't forget to go to the website and you can get links to Rob's movie and also my movie. Um, you know, it's really important that um, you watch these movies, uh, consume these stories. They're really wonderful stories about life uh, and hope. Please uh, connect with us on social uh, links to the movie and Rob's uh, site are all there. And thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.